And now it's time to discuss some of these headlines and simple keywords with Adam joining us on the line. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Lena. What's so funny? <laughs> I'm stumbling through sentences. I'm sighing on the mic. Excuse me, first thing in the morning. Some days you just don't win. <laughs> yeah. Is it one of those days? And I, I can't quite figure out why. I took my face mask off in the studio for the first time in a really long time. And that apparently... I, I've actually just noticed that. <laughs> ...caused my IQ to drop like a, a few points. I don't know, but thanks for joining us. Happy to be here. It's amazing what one removal of a face mask can do to a person, right? <laughs> I'm going to blame it. I'm going to go with that. Yeah, All right. Let's, let's jump into our keyword news portion of the day, starting with that rocket launch. This is our first keyword of the day. Nuri launch postponed. So the launch of the Nuri space rocket, the homegrown rocket, has been called off after researchers found technical problems. Uh, let's talk about this post moment and what went wrong. Yeah, so if we, uh, we already had a, a kind of a disappointment once when it was delayed by a day of the initial schedule. And now it's uh, delayed indefinitely. So a bigger disappointment, unfortunately. But the government said a sensor abnormality in the oxidizer tank was found while conducting a pre-launch inspection. And the issue seems to be the level sensor, which measures the amount of oxidants in the oxidizer tank. Um, and uh, other assessments could involve uh, either a problem with a cable or a terminal box as well, according to official uh, uh, who organized uh, the launch. Now, readings of the oxidizer tank sensor normally change when the rocket is being erected. Uh, readings on Nuri's sensor, however, did not show any change during that process. So that was the abnormality. Mm -hmm. uh, now, Carry researchers are analyzing the cause and the launch date will be set again after completing the analysis of the uh, issue. They judged that it was impossible to proceed with the launch preparation as it was difficult to check while the space rocket was in a standing position. That's why Nuri will go back to the assembly building for inspection. Uh, so back to the drawing board and where it was first mm. built. Uh, Nuri was originally scheduled to be pos positioned on the launch pad on Tuesday for liftoff of the following day. But of course, that was delayed by a day after strong winds at the launch site raised safety concerns. Mm. Um, now, watchers believe the second launch could be delayed for more than a month at least, because if they find a problem with the sensor and if it's a, a matter of changing right. uh, the sensor, then the whole process uh, that involves that uh, does take a bit of uh, a, a long time. If mm. it doesn't turn out to be the sensor, mm then basically uh, they could have to resort to kind of ripping the whole thing apart. And of course, that, of course, is another uh, time-consuming process. So, sure. yeah, so um, it's best to keep our expectations low for the time being. Uh, of course, as is the case for any space rocket launch, um, uh, safety and thorough inspections mm. are key. So they failed uh, in terms of putting a dummy satellite into orbit in the first launch. Right. So they want to get this second launch as perfect as 
uh, Caddy can make it. As we won't be attaching a dummy, as we discussed, mm. these are real satellites that are very costly. And so ideally, you'd want to put it into orbit this time around. Um, we have an entire space segment, a biweekly one. And our go-to correspondent always tells us space is hard and you, you should always expect these delays to be part of the equation. So the earlier delay this week was definitely weather induced. But the second one, if it is, in fact, a technical problem, it may take over a month, as you've said. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's move on to our second keyword of the day. Giant step. The U.S. Federal Reserve has announced a 0.75 percentage point increase in interest rates, the largest hike since 1994. So what's the latest, Adam? Yeah, so there's been kind of expectations that this was uh, coming, but uh, the Fed indeed has raised the interest rate uh, range to between 1.5% to 1.75%. Uh, until this week, the Fed had been expected to announce kind of a smaller increase, but there's been more uh, analysis and expectations that a big or a giant step uh, was in the pipeline. Now, Fed Chair Jerome Powell said the central bank decided that a larger hike was needed after recent economic news, including a 40-year high inflation that was announced last week. Uh, he made clear that a similarly outsized rate rise should be expected at its next meeting in July as well, unless price rises softened. Uh, rates are expected to rise to at least 3% this year. Uh, Powell acknowledged that the Fed's attempt to cool spending is likely to lead to job losses, though. Uh, the Fed expects unemployment to rise to 4.1% from the current 36 as it attempts to bring inflation back down to its target range of 2%. There are already signs that consumers are cutting back in the face of rising inflation. Retail spending, for one, fell mm -hmm. for the first time uh, this year in May. Mm -hmm. Home sales have fallen for three consecutive months, and consumer confidence has hit a record low between May and June. Um, interestingly, though, U.S. stocks rebounded after Powell's comments, uh, investments around the world, from bonds to Bitcoin, they've tumbled in recent months on fears surrounding high inflation and the prospect of the Fed's aggressive drive to control uh, its uh, inflation will cause a recession. Right. Um, what to say investors now seem to kind of like Powell's resolve against inflation. Um, in many parts of the US economy remain strong and the Fed is aiming for what it's calling a soft landing, hoping it can tame inflation by raising rates without sharply increasing the unemployment rate. Mm -hmm. But uh, Powell uh, has said uh, or noted that employment is something that could take a hit. Uh, but Powell acknowledged that some risks, including the war in Ukraine also, were beyond the influence of the Fed as well. Um, also, more economists are forecasting that the US economy will tip into a recession um, next year, they expect it to come sooner uh, than expected. Mm. And the Fed, as usual, uh, will be keeping a close eye to try and avoid such a recession from happening uh, as, soon, uh, as quickly as some of these economists are predicting. All right. And on to our third keyword of the day. Macroeconomic meeting. So amid volatile stock market movements and inflation concerns, Korea's top economic and finance officials will be meeting today to discuss the situation. What can we expect out of this meeting? Right. So Finance Minister Chu Gyeong ho he'll be meeting with the chiefs of the central bank and financial regulators as well. It will mark the first time that Chu would hold an extended meeting on macroeconomic situations with them uh, after the new government took office last month. 
Uh, Vice Chairman of the Financial Services Commission, uh, Kim Soyoung, will be attending the meeting. That's because Kim Joo-hyun, who is the nominee for the FSC chief, is currently preparing for a confirmation hearing. Mm. So there's no head of FSC yet. Mm. Now, the participants are expected to discuss the results of the Fed's policy meeting, the big rate hike that has just happened, as well as its impact on the local financial market. Um, Korea's financial markets, they've been roiled this week by the prospect of the Fed's giant step. But since Wall Street has rebounded, it remains to be seen if the same will be true for Korean stock markets as mm. well. Um, uh, the KOSPI sank to a fresh 19-month low yesterday. That was the seventh straight losing uh, day of a losing streak. Mm. Uh, the finance ministry and the BOK, they've both vowed to take measures to stabilise the financial markets. Uh, Finance Minister Chu said the government will use every possible policy measure uh, to stabilise prices as well as people's livelihoods. And the UN administration is set to announce its economic policy direction soon. It's based on four key pillars. I won't go into too much detail of what they are, but that's uh, what this new economic policy direction will revolve around. Mm. And we'll know more details uh, in, uh, today, I think, is the announcement. Right. Yes. All right. And on to our fourth keyword of the day. Paid sick leave. Oh, it sounds necessary, right? But a paid sick leave system will go into effect next month for a one-year trial. And it doesn't seem like every city, every county is applicable. But anyway, it's a start. This comes in a wake of, of course, the pandemic. Tell us the details of the plan. Right. So the system allows workers to take leave for diseases such as COVID-19 and receive 60 percent of the minimum wage. Now, the pilot project will begin on July 4th in six regions across the country on a one year trial. Uh, Interior Minister Lee Sang-min said it has become important to create social conditions, encouraging people to take sick leave after experiencing uh, the pandemic. Uh, He cited a 2021 survey conducted by the Korea Institute for Health and Social Affairs. It showed only 46% of workers actually took paid sick leave during that time. Uh, And basically, the introduction of this pilot project is to try and get more people to take advantage of paid sick leave. Mm -hmm. Now, the selected regions include Chongno District in central Seoul, Puchan, Chanan, Suncheon, Pohang, and Tangwon. Now, to compare the effectiveness of the policy, the government plans to divide the six regions into a total of three groups and apply different models with different coverage and period criteria. For example, the cities of Puchan and Pohang will provide benefits regardless of whether applicants have been hospitalized or not. Uh, Suncheon and Tangwon will only pay benefits for the days in hospital. So they're mm. kind of mix and matching the system and pilot project to see which one works best. Sure. Uh, the waiting period, which is the period between the day of leave and the day when the pay is made, is set between 3 to 14 days, and the maximum period for benefits is between 90 and 120 uh, days. Now, the government plans to complete a system model for Korea through these three stages of pilot projects over a total of three years, Specific requirements and application methods for the sick benefits scheme will be announced separately uh, this month. So, of course, with the in, uh, in light of the pandemic, uh, these corresponding measures are also set to take place as well. All right, on to our final keyword of the day. 
More jobs. So there's some good news on the economic front as Korea reported job additions for the 15th consecutive month in May. But we say time and time again, there's more to these stats. Like, for example, if they're mostly government implemented jobs, is that sustainable down the road? So let's consider all those elements. Run us through the details. That's right. That is one of the risks of uh, updating these numbers by month because right. it is a monthly basis and they can be a bit volatile. It is 15 straight months of gains, but how long those jobs will last and the quality of the job jobs are always uh, a question mm. um, and an area to be addressed. Uh, Statistics Korea data shows Korea added 935,000 jobs last month compared to May last year. It's the largest increase in 22 years for the month of May, in fact. Uh, the, re- the reading was also higher than an on-year increase of 865,000 that was recorded in April. Now, the number of employed people in total came to 28.5 million last month. Uh, the country reported job growth every month since March last year as the job market improved amid the economic recovery. Job data pointed to overall improvements in the labor market as well, but around half of the May job additions were led by an increase in state-arranged jobs for senior citizens uh, in particular. Now, the employment rate of people aged 15 and older also rose, though, 2.3 percentage points on year to um, just under 70% last month. It was the highest for any May since uh, January 1989. Now, the number of economic inactive people reached 15.9 million in May. That's down 480,000 from a year earlier. It marked the 15th consecutive month of uh, an on year-on-year fall. Uh, the jobless rate fell one percentage point on year uh, to 3% last month. That's the lowest for any May since June 1999. Now, the number of unemployed people declined from 259,000 to 889,000. By sector, the accommodation and restaurant businesses reported job growth in May after two straight months of falls. That's mostly because of the uh, eased social distancing rules uh, that have kicked in. Um, now, the wholesale and retail sector reported a drop of 45,000 in jobs. Mm-hmm. That's amid an increase in non-contact business operations. Um, a lot of people are doing uh, or getting their services and doing their shopping online uh, recently so um, that's probably a cause for them Uh, and uh, yeah these job numbers you do need to take with a grain of salt because there are a lot of temporary jobs that are included in these stats Um, and of course the data for permanent jobs uh, is another matter as well all right thank you very much Anna, for the clarification we'll speak to you again tomorrow thank you see you tomorrow If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.